Christy. Hey, Edith. What do you get when you cross a canary and a lawnmower? What? Shredded tweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners from Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening has gotten very popular. And we've noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips. A fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down. Hi, everybody. Hi, Christy. Hello, Edith. It's been a week. And it's time for episode 28 of Upside Down Tulips. We've we've passed the halfway mark to a year. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. It's very exciting. And uh, folks, if you're interested in uh, becoming part of our garden party, we want to direct you to our website where you can become a sponsor. Uh, We want to keep doing Upside Down Tulips for as long as we can for free. And you can help make that a possibility by just making a small contribution to our patron club. Yeah, and and you know what, Christy? I really can't imagine anything closer to free than our curmudgeon level, which is two bucks a month. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good, huh? That's pretty darn good. I lose two bucks a month and change in the sofa. (laughs) (laughs) You can't even get downtown on a bus for two bucks. Yeah, and we have fun rewards that people can get, like T-shirts and mugs and curated seeds from our gardens yeah whatever you you want where are you gonna get that from you're not gonna get that anywhere but from me and christy and you can also don't forget to check out if you want coffee cups or garden journals or hoodies or uh, mugs you can get merch that's our website that's right merch patronage and merch Mm -hmm. and uh this week we're going to talk about seed starting because we're in some places you're there in some places in the country I don't know if we're here yet, but we will talk about that. It's a really good topic and very timely as well. What are we doing next week? Uh, We're going to talk about soil. Dirt? You mean dirt? Some people may call it dirt. You can call it dirt. But you call it soil. call it soil. We'll talk about soil next week. There's a lot to talk about with soil. Good. Good, good. Yeah. And how's your garden going, Edith? Well, you know, Christy, it's, you know, zero degrees outside. (laughs) Right? It is cold today. I think I heard my rosemary shrieking in the night. Oh, can I tell you this? Um, Even though I already asked you about how your garden is going, Uh because we talked about our rosemaries last week. Yes. And so yesterday I took some frost cover and I wrapped up both my little rosemaries with it Uh and I put a, a bucket on top of it and hoping that that might... A bucket. You're going to leave that bucket on there. Should, should I? I don't know. I felt because like a good idea. How, how does it not? How does it get any sun at all? It needs the sun. Of course, it's not doing photosynthesis right now. Right. I just thought I'd wait till the temperature warmed up. Okay, smart. Because you know, I've also heard that with rosemary, you should just cover it with compost too in the winter. Mm, well, we'll see. We'll see. That's the, what mine is yeah. covered with a compost. The kind I have is called ARP. Is that the the kind you have too? You mean for rosemary? Yes. I doubt it. You know how I never know these things. I'm hoping that this is a kind that's good for cold temperatures, but they say like if it gets below 20, rosemaries get really unhappy. Well, it's been in the teens at night, and this weekend it's going to be below zero in the Denver metro area. The high Sunday, I think it's going to be four. That's like a joke. (laughs) Yeah. We we might be buying more rosemary this spring, Edith. Uh, uh, Yeah, we might be. Indeed, we might. So I'm sorry your rosemary was screaming. What else? 
uh, I was screaming. I, oh, I thought your rosemary I, was screaming. Yeah, the rosemary and me for two separate reasons. Christy, I, I had a squirrel in my house. That sounds very frightening. Okay, here's the thing. I'm, there's only one thing I'm kind of afraid of. Well, if by kind of afraid you mean terrified. Uh-huh. And that is mice and squirrels in my house. So here's what I actually, it's actually, believe it or not, the second time that I have a squirrel in my house. The first time was a few years ago, and a squirrel on my porch, I have a window with a screen. It was summertime. He gnawed his way through the screen, and I had the window open. He came into my house. I went over to my neighbor, Stephanie's. Stephanie is, she is a badass man. She came over with her daughter, Olivia, with a baseball bat and a four-foot picture cut out of Elvis. <laughs> what? Like, what does she have to, to scare the squirrel with? Yes. Yes, exactly. What? So she's got this baseball bat. Well, by the time we got back to my house, the squirrel had chewed his way out the other window. So he uh-huh. destroyed two screens on his way uh-huh. out. So we put the Elvis cutout in the window, and that is the last time because, you know, Elvis's eyes. You know, they're so smoldery, and they scared the squirrels away. So this is what happened this time. That was like years ago. <laughs> okay, I keep okay. going. I'm, mis- okay. I'm with you. <laughs> so I, I have, a, this was last Friday, and I had a work Zoom meeting. Mm-hmm. And 30 minutes before, I was getting my notes together. And from my point of view, I could see my picture window, and I saw the blind kind of fall. Like, really, like, and make this clickety clickety noise. And I'm like, well, wow, okay, I've been living here a while, but I didn't know that it just rot. I figured it rotted away. I don't uh-huh. know why. And you were focused on getting and ready for And I was focused on getting ready yeah. for this meeting. So then I hear chittering. I hear, like that, like angry chittering. And I look over. And in my, my picture window, there's a piano right there. Yes. The squirrel is on the piano, and he's raking the blinds, shrieking and raking the blinds. Well, I ran back over to Stephanie, my neighbor's house, because she's such a badass. She's so fearless. And I Baseball think, bat, Elvis painting. Well, you know what it was this time that she, she brought, she's mellowed. She brought a have a heart trap. Have a heart. So she goes, okay, we're going to set this up right here by the piano. Mm -hmm. And then I said, I have a Zoom meeting. So she left. I'm on the Zoom meeting. And the squirrel is having a circus. He is, I'm not kidding. The people on my Zoom meeting heard the squirrel. Wow. And how do you concentrate? I was supposed to be running the meeting. Oh, no. Yeah. And I was just watching that squirrel. Finally, James, who was one of the people on the meeting, said, get a piece of bread, put some peanut butter on it, and put it on your porch. Leave the door open. And I thought, either that's going to work or it's going to bring the whole family of squirrels. (laughs) Party at Edith's house. There's peanut butter. There's a piano. That's right. (laughs) They start singing songs. Well, it worked. Thank goodness. Oh, at this point, it was dark, and I never saw it leave, but it got quiet. The chittering stopped, and I realized, Christy, he had been in my house 
overnight. He'd been in there overnight. There was squirrel poop. Oh no! Over. So he was really wanting to get out of your house. He was. He was probably as scared, if not more scared, than me. Yeah, but that chittering noise sounds really creepy. Oh, that creep and and the noise of scratching on the blinds. Oh, it sounds like a horror story. It kind of was. You know, huh. it was like a buzz saw. Can I, I you know. say this? Because I don't, I can't be the only one here, Edith. Though, is that can we go back to the Elvis picture for just one second? Because okay. I just don't. There was thought behind this that, because uh, I understand the baseball bat, but why in heaven's name did is it? El- she, she's genius. I don't know. It worked. She said, "Put Elvis in your window." It's a picture <laughs> of him from the chest up, and it's four feet high. Black and white, and he's got that smoldering look. Yeah, you know that that ring of fire. And that works. Does it work? It works on squirrels. Worked on my squirrels. And does it? Would it work on other things? Like, can you get it, get it work on rabbits? Or um, rabbits don't usually try raccoons. To get it raccoons. I'm just very intrigued by this I, idea of Elvis as a rodent deterrent. You know in what? Your I, yard. Be, I bet it would work on raccoons. I bet it would work on raccoons. I've never heard of this ever in my entire life. Do you see where the have when you when you come to my house? Do you see where I have the Elvis? Yes, now? yes. Yep. Used to be right in the window until I got new windows. Well, yeah. that's that is a new one for me. Oh, could could be a whole new business aspect could, for the it? Graceland yeah. folks, yeah. huh? Yeah. Um. Well, that's amazing. And you know another another reason that I'm so grateful to have good neighbors. Yeah. Because at the very same time she came over to help me with the squirrel, her third grandbaby was being born in oh, the hospital. Oh. I know. It was like a really special, really kind of a special evening, really. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. And maybe someday that grandbaby will become part of the whole Elvis Roden deterrent business that she's developing. You know what? <laughs> yes, indeed. I, I will actually say that to her. Let's map out the kid's future right now. <laughs> Okay, so that is my squirrel story. Well, um, beside my rosemary covering, the only other thing I did in my garden this week was that I thought it's been so dry out. Yeah. Then I felt, I heard birds outside. I felt so sorry for them that I filled oh. my bird bath with water, thinking that they must be so thirsty. Oh. And then, of course, the next day, that bird bath is frozen solid. Frozen solid. So I don't know what we do about our poor birds. During the, we have no snow, no water, but hmm. that was the extent of my gardening. I do, hmm. I do have a musing though. Oh, good. And this is in reference to last week when we talked about the twenty million more Americans that have been gardening. And this is a story that NPR had just the other day about the effect of um, all these new gardeners in America. Didn't you say that most of them were like thirty-five-year-old men? Under thirty-five, under yeah. thirty-five, then the, the new gardeners are. The, that is their second favorite. They watch TV and they garden. That explains the lowered birth rate when you think about it, <laughs> right? Maybe, huh? Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, this is what NPR had to say. They had this story, and it's. I'll tell it to you really briefly. But it starts off by saying that um, Steve Larimore was hoping to triple the size of his garden this year. So once the seed catalog arrived at his house, he excitedly got his order together and he went online and started adding all the different seed varieties to his cart, only to discover about a third of the items he wanted were unavailable. Already. Tomatoes, gone. Kale, gone. Sweet corn, nope. 
And he says he was really discouraged because there were all these things that he wanted to grow. And this is because home gardeners all over the country are facing similar problems in sourcing seeds for their spring gardens, largely because there are so many new gardeners. Wow. Christy, over the Christmas vacation, right after Christmas, when I went to order seeds, Mm -hmm. they were already, some of them were already out. It's true. And I thought it was because it was a seed shortage. But what... What is interesting about this NPR article is that it is not because of a shortage of seed, but it's because they don't have the staffing to ramp up that quickly, especially during COVID. Oh, my. So they need people to process the seeds and put them in the packets. Mm -hmm. And so there's while there's no threat of an overall seed shortage, Mm -hmm. the run on seeds is causing shortages of certain varieties and... It's causing problems for commercial farmers because they're trying to get these varieties too, and they're wow. they're not there wow. because of all the home gardeners. Well, get them get them now. We told yeah. we we asked you last kind of told you last week. Get them ASAP. Get your seeds. Is my ASAP. strong advice. Mm-hmm. I'm uh-huh. so glad when I went to the seed store a couple weeks ago and I went crazy mm-hmm. and I bought way too much seed. I'm glad I kind of yeah. I'm kind of glad you all did this too. Variety. Yeah. And I wanted to uh, point out something else regarding seeds. Is that, um, and especially when we were talking about the largest group of new gardeners are um, men under the age of 35, I also found this really great quote um, by a horticulturist named Sui Kirill Surreal. And she says, no one has a monopoly on gardening. People of all ages, all cultures, all colors, through all time have been pulled to the garden. We have needed to garden. People have. And white people may have turned it into a privilege that only they can afford. Hmm. You can garden simple, though, right? You yes. can garden simple. You don't yes. need. Don't you need just to don't. be fancy. Not at all. Yeah. A container and some seeds. Basically, that's where you start. But I thought that was interesting. That is interesting a- aspect about it, like all the things you think you need to have to mm-hmm. garden, and yeah. how it's become a privilege to garden. Right. When for millennia, it's just been something that we've had to do. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. And then um, uh, uh, one thing I also wanted to say is that we got a little um, a little note from one of our uh, friends who gets our newsletter. So, folks, if you are interested in getting our newsletter, we just send it out, you know, once a week, sometimes once every other week. And we'll talk about things that are happening with our podcast and have some funny stories in it. And um, our friend Steve wrote in and said, um, hey there, always love your subject lines. Because this week in our newsletter, the subject line was "Afraid of gardening, grow a pair." Your fu- your your subject lines are so funny, Christy. Well, I just want to share some of the subject lines he's suggesting for us in the future, which I'm going to steal. He says, "I feel we're only weeks away from spayed and neutered." <laughs> That's great. Good. And perhaps months yet before. Does this soil make my bulbs look big? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> so I'm going to use those subjects coming up in the future for our newsletter. And folks, if you want to uh, get our newsletter, you can sign up by just going to our website and um, we'll get you all hooked up with w- our newsletter. www.upsidedowntulips.com. Very good. Thank you. And if you hear words or terms that you're not familiar with or you want a good laugh, Go to the dictionary, which is also on the website. Upside Down Dictionary. That's right. That's right. And mm-hmm. where do people go if they want to see pictures of our gardens, Edith? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you are so much help over there. 
Could they go to our Facebook page? Yes, All and right. and our photo albums. What? <laughs> Instagram. Oh, see, I don't have Instagram. So and Pinterest. Pinterest, Spotify, YouTube. Yeah, yeah we have a YouTube. Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Upside Down Tulips is brought to you by the Record Scratch. Gardeners come across all sorts of surprises in the garden. Do you ever wish you had a sound effect to fully emphasize your surprise? Then you need a record scratch. A record scratch is the sound of a phonograph needle suddenly producing a single scratching sound on a record as an abrupt interruption used to call immediate attention to something. Look how beautiful my grape leaves look. They have never looked better. Oh! Japanese beetles! That early snow ruined my garden! Hey, looks like everything's gonna be okay! I am so excited! Time to harvest all the potatoes! Yay! What? All that work for just one tiny potato? The record scratch. The sound effect of surprise. Try it in your garden today. This is a great commercial, Christy. I just have one question. What's a record? So now let's talk about seed starting, Edith. And, and by seed starting, we mean planting seeds to grow your own seedlings, which grow into your plants. It's cheap. It's fun. It's a great way to start gardening. It is. It gets you in the mood early because you're actually working and it could only be February or March. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be a lot of work. If you've never done it before, it's okay to keep it simple. Yeah, just do one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, don't feel like you have to grow a lot of stuff. Just no. grow maybe one maybe one type of seed and see well, how it goes. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. So how do you do it, Christy? How do you start? What's the first thing you do? Well, I was going to say that when you look at your seed packets, you, you should look to see whether or not they're a hybrid or an heirloom. Right. And, of course, we went into much more detail about this in episode 19, which you can certainly check out. It's called Something Old, Something New, Something Bioengineered. Right, right. But um, a hybrid plant is something that's been cross-bred to form a brand new plant mm -hmm. that will often have specific traits that will help it go taller or bushier or greener or bigger tomatoes or prevent disease. Right. And the seeds that they have don't always bear true which means that the seed, the plant you get out of the, a hybrid seed may not be like the mother seed. And so you don't know what you're going to get if you, you don't, plant it. Exactly. For that, you need an heirloom. An heirloom seed will always be true. And this is a seed that's at least from, from before 1950. It'll be pollinated by bees. I now have seeds from Thomas Jefferson's garden yeah. in Monticello that was a Christmas present to me. Heirlooms from yeah. heirloom seeds from them. Yeah. But check on to see what kind of uh, seeds you have, and then also check on your frost dates, which is the average date for the first or last freeze that occurs in the spring or the fall. Mm -hmm. Here in the Denver metro area, do you know what our freeze and frost dates are? Tell me. <laughs> um, our last frost is usually May 9th, mm -hmm. and our first freeze is around October 1st. So right around May 9th, that doesn't mean run out and put your seedlings in the ground May 9th. That means check the weather, see what's happening. But that is probably the first possible time. Yes. Yes. And we all know 
in this area, it sure can snow afterwards. It's very but it also seems mm-hmm. because of global warming that I've, I've put the, some things in in May 1st and never had a problem. You just never I know. risk it. Yeah. I like to gamble. You, you can risk it. Yep, you can. And um, you should also know what your zone is. And your plant hardiness zones will help you understand which plants will survive where you live. Right. And here in the Denver metro area, we are zone 5B. Mm-hmm. That's why there's no orange groves here. <laughs> We're not in the right zone for that. And you might even have a microclimate too. Right. You could. And if you want to know where your zones are, and you, we'll put some links in the show notes so you can dig okay, more into sure, that. Okay, sure, sure. You need to know your zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing I do is I kind of look at my um, seed packets and I find out um, how much, how many weeks it takes for them to grow. Yeah. And if it takes eight to ten weeks for something to grow, well, heck, you could start those pretty dang soon, couldn't you? You could indeed, yes. And also, I also take notice of the germination rate mm. because sometimes you plant something and it, it doesn't come up and it doesn't come up and you get all freaked out and you throw it away it, and it check the germination, uh, how long it takes to germinate. They tell you that on the seed packet yeah. as well. I've done that before. I thought these peppers are never coming up. Yep. So then I planted something. I planted cosmos in the same spot. Uh-huh. And as the cosmos <laughs> yeah. were coming up, guess what? Little pepper plants were too, and yeah. of course they didn't make it. And yeah. when you and when you do that in a little <laughs> tiny seed pot, oh, they don't like that. They don't like sharing that little tiny seed pot. Yeah. yeah. So to have a little calendar and figure out. You know, there's some things that they have a really long germination rate. Seriously, you could start things in January. Yeah. You know, if you want to grow artichokes, folks, they take forever. Right, they do. I've never grown artichoke from seed. Also, if you have a packet of seeds and it's kind of old. You can test their germination to see how good they are, how viable they are. Just put them on a moist, I said moist. Yay, you said moist. <laughs> put them good on. Job. See, you can't say like. Put them on a, a paper towel that's not dry. Put them on anything that's no not dry. them for moist people. <laughs> and um, those little seeds, they should, they should germinate. And just do a couple they, of them. Just do it. Just do like six. And then you'll know if the seed is good or not. Right. And you'll know how how viable it is. I mean, it could be that 80% are good and 20% mm-hmm. are not good. So mm-hmm. then you plant more. Um, it, so, so you should think about what kind of containers you want to put your little seeds in mm-hmm. when you're going to sow them inside. You can go fancy. You can go to your local garden store and buy some trays and pots. You but can also buy biodegradable ones that you can put the whole thing in the ground. You yes. can do that too. Mm-hmm. Or you can make your own pots. Mm-hmm. You can use egg cartons. Yeah, I think egg cartons are so cute. I think they are too. And if you put a slit on the bottom, you can plant them in the in the egg carton. You the don't whole have to, thing. The whole thing. You don't have to take them out of the little mm-hmm. pot. Now, have you seen people do this with eggshells, Edith, that they will plant? They'll take a, a half an eggshell and plant in the eggshell? Okay, I've heard of that, but I've not seen that. And I'm wondering, can you just plant the whole eggshell then too, or do you have to dig it out of the eggshell? Or do you crack the bottom of the shell? Yeah. Because little tiny baby roots, if how can they If any of you folks have through? done that, will you let us know if you've ever yeah. started seeds in an eggshell? And is there possibly enough room in an eggshell? What size are these eggs? Are these ostrich eggs? <laughs> are they hummingbird eggs? They're so tiny. They're how so tiny. How could it happen? <laughs> what about toilet paper tubes? Have you ever done that? I do that. I collar some of my plants to keep slugs oh, okay. out with, with that. But no, I have not grown Yeah, there's a that. way to do it with a toilet paper tube. And you have to make like some um, 
I'm doing this with my fingers, which of course nobody can see, but you have to make some flaps on the bottom so you can fold it in so there's mm-hmm. a bottom. Right, right, right. Um, I've done I've done some toilet paper tube stuff when I've done winter sewing, but I find that the toilet paper tube doesn't really degrade that quick. And so there it is in the ground, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like yeah. newspaper, people will use make newspaper pots. There's that, have you seen that little wooden tool that people have that it's a mold and you can take newspaper as long as it's um, uh, uh, doesn't ha- as long as it has the right type of ink. ink in it. Yeah, yeah. It has to be soy ink, I think. Yes. That you can make little pots out of newspaper and then you can plant the whole thing. It's like origami. Yeah. It's art in the garden. Yeah. But you could also use yogurt cups. Yeah, you can use. You don't need to get fancy. Little styrofoam in any cups. Case. Yeah, but the soil. Paper how, cups. The soil, however, that you put in there is is important. Yeah, you should not really skimp on the soil. Tell us about that. Well, I think you need to really have seed starting soil. Mm-hmm. But it's so much better. Yeah, it's very very light, um, and you really shouldn't reuse soil. Um, I'm a big I'm a big user of. Uh, I like to reuse soil a lot, and then I found out I wasn't supposed to do that. I think that's one of my garden failures that I've mm, had is mm-hmm. to reuse soil because it looks so fine and so good. It's really just best to take, if it's really old, put it in the compost pile and let yeah. it rejuvenate that. Because I think little seedlings will have pulled the nutrients out of it, so then mm-hmm. you're giving the next yeah. little seed not enough to eat, so to speak. It's why you need to replant your house plants every now and then because all the nutrients will be out of it and right, the texture right. will be different and so... Right. And 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 don't use compost. Don't use topsoil. No, not not when you're doing yeah. seedling. Just yeah. use the seeds starting. Yes, soil. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because it's lighter, is what it is. Yeah, and um, you want to make sure that when you when you are ready to start planting, that you moisten the soil. You have to. That's right, <laughs> because they're little teeny seeds, and if they don't get any water at all, and if you let the top dry mm-hmm. out. You're not giving them a very good chance. You don't want it to be sopping wet. No. But you do kind of want it to be like crumbly, not gloopy. Like here in Denver, it gets, even when it's chilly out, the sun is so hot mm-hmm. that I, I notice the little pots dry out in no time. So I check it. Sometimes I just give them the tiniest bit of water two, three times a day. Yeah. Or mister will work too. Speaking of which, you know what else I do? You know those clamshell... Um, Clamshell plastic things? Yes, like if you get takeout from a restaurant. That and, yeah, stuff like that. And like Costco, like when they sell you apples and stuff. Uh-huh. That has yes, I've had those apple ones, yeah. Well. That's a lot of plastic. It's a lot of plastic. And if you use those for your seedlings, you can close them at night and they turn into a little like terrarium. Yes. Keep the moisture in and keep the warmth in. Uh, you can cover it. I think the most important thing, though, is that if you do cover them, you got to open it up. Oh, yes, absolutely. Otherwise, you'll get mold. Yeah. So you, you close it at night, and then mm-hmm. you have to open up, yeah. like, first thing in the morning. And the planting part's really kind of fun. I think planting's one of the most enjoyable things about gardening. Yeah, I like it, too. You need to make this sure the soil is compacted nicely in whatever container you're using. So it mm-hmm. should be really fluffy. You should pack it in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then plant it as deep as the seed pack, it says. Which is usually, isn't it usually, like, Twice the size of the actual seed. Yes, and for Usually. some seeds, it's even, it even just says lay them on top. Yeah, like cilantro does likes to feel the sun. Mm. Certain ones do like to feel the sun. Yeah, and for and um, uh, poppies like to when you plant poppies, they yeah. plant them on top too. Okay. Hollyhocks are also ones that need to see the 
That son. explains why they see themselves so easily, hollyhocks. I mean, yes, they just they'll just take over your garden. Um, and yes, and when you water them, you should also make sure that um, you don't forget to feed them. Usually a seed starting mix will have some, a little bit of fertilizer mm-hmm. in it. But once your little seeds start to pop up and you start to see the sprouts, um, you'll get a set of leaves and then the then you'll get the true leaves. So the first leaves you get are sort of like... Baby teeth. They're yeah. like baby teeth. Yeah, they're like mm-hmm. baby teeth. And then the second set of leaves are called the true leaves. And once you start seeing those, that's when you need to think about fertilizing lightly. Christy, I have never fertilized my seedlings. What do you use? Oh, miracle Grow. You just use miracle Grow. Yeah. Seriously, I've never done that. Wow. So you see, folks, even if you're like me and are so absent-minded that you don't do anything right, you can still grow your whole garden. Because as you've always said, Edith, they want to live. They want to live. Seeds want to grow. They know what yeah. to do. They know what to do, right? They know what to do. <laughs> um, what about light, Edith? They like light. Yeah. Because of photosynthesis. So all too- I remember from... All my biology classes. <laughs> They're so proud of you. Photosynthesis. <laughs> um, and there's two different ways to give Get your light. little plants light. You can do like I do, which is I take them outside and put them in the sun, and then I bring them into the house at night. Or you can get grow lights. Mm-hmm. Some are very expensive and fancy. Yep. But you don't have to. Nope. I have never had a grow light, and uh, they grow anyway. Yeah. I saw the coolest thing on... Was it Etsy or was it Pinterest where people have been making uh, seed starting trays out of old bookcases? Oh, wow. What a wonderful idea. Isn't that cool? So you take a bookcase and you put your seeds in there. And then at the top part of the bottom shelf or the shelf ahead, you can glue some LED lights. You can do fancy grow lights or just like cheap LED lights. That's wonderful. And you can get a little timer. Because they need about, what, how many hours? 10 to 15 hours of light, you think? Mm-hmm. They, they need light because if you don't give them enough light, they'll get leggy. Because they're looking for the light. Leggy means that they get less leaves and they get real, the stem gets really long and reaching for the sun. And that means that stem is weak. Yep, and it'll fall right over and it will not be a good be, plant for you. Will not be happy. Right. You want your little seedlings to be short and stocky and bushy. Yep. Um, so, but you can have, so 10 to 15, you can get a little timer. I've seen people do that too. They can get, there's, there's cheap little timers out there. So you can have this bookcase yeah. of seedlings or even houseplants with these cheap LED lights on there and just put them on a timer so you don't have to worry about it. Very You nice. go off to work, put it on a timer, let the lights be on there all day and it'll turn off at night because plants need dark too. Yeah, they do. You can't have the lights on them all the time. They get very stressed out. How would you feel if you never were in the darkness? Isn't that what they do to torture people, isn't it? It is, Never turn the lights off? You're torturing your plants Mm -hmm. if you don't give them some nighttime. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Sleepy time. They can't sleep. That's another way they they torture people if you can't sleep. And bad pop music. (laughs) (laughs) So lights. You could use your own lights. You know, what's wrong with the windowsill? You can put it in a window. You could put your... Your plants uh-huh. in a windowsill. That's the the beauty of a little kitchen herb garden. Absolutely. Now, Try to use a south or west facing window. North yes. probably doesn't get enough sun. Yes. And don't forget to turn your plants. Yeah, right. Every day. And there you, you have it. You have started your own seedlings. Yes. You know, there's something else you can do. What? Little tr- Some people put heat map, uh, heat maps. 
What am I trying to say? Met. Heat met? Yes, a heat Heat met. met. Heat met. Underneath, because that'll start germ- germination and help your plants grow more. And you may think, well, that's a lot. I don't want to do that. So you know what you can do instead? Put your trays on top of your refrigerator. Yep, you sure can. It's warm up there. That's a really good... If there's light up there, or you mean at night. You could do it at night. Yeah. The other thing you could do is, I suppose, you could... um heat up some rocks and put them around. Yeah. Like, like remember when we had that big freeze that came early and mm-hmm. I put hot rocks all around my plants and then covered them? Yeah. We should yeah. have done that with our rosemary this week. God, we really should have. Didn't think of it. And now they're screaming. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Rosie. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and once they're big enough for you to put outside and once the temperature outside is good for it, maybe about a week before... You should start hardening them off. Which means that you start leaving them outside for longer and longer. In other words, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So you've been taking them in every night. You've been leaving them out, say, in the beginning for 10 hours. Well, then you want to move them up to to get them up to like, you know, 12 hours, 13 Mm -hmm. hours until they're hardened off, until they felt some cold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if all of that seems like a lot to you, don't forget, you can always start seeds outside by winter sowing mm-hmm. in milk jugs or any other type of recycled plastic. And if you want to know how to winter sow outside with less work, check out our episode 25 called Take Out Your Jugs and Learn How to Winter Sow. And that's what I'm doing right now. I have 18 jugs outside there's a, right there's now. There's a great picture of of um, Christy's jugs, and they are... <laughs> they're on our facebook page gardeners experience all sorts of emotions don't you wish you had a sound effect to fully express all your complex feelings from the makers of the record scratch the sound effect of surprise comes a new bounty of sound effects just for the gardener Introducing the slide whistle. It is so fun to start seeds inside. I wonder how my seeds are doing. I am going to check on them. Hey, I see sprouts. And the sad trombone. I wonder how my tomatoes are doing. Oh no, I forgot to water them and they all died. I am a murderer. But wait, all I needed to do was to give them a little drink. Some time, and they came back. The day is saved. And there's more. Now it's time to transplant my little tomatoes into a container on my porch. I am so excited. Oh no! A porch pirate stole my tomatoes. This calls for the law and order. Not again. I am calling the garden police. Try the slide whistle, the sad trombone, and law and order in your garden today. You know, I really don't like tomatoes. Maybe I will just grow pot. So, Edith, what have you learned this week from our conversation last week when we were discussing baby food Mm -hmm. and what was in the news? 
And what was in the news was the fact that there are a lot of toxic heavy metals in the baby food, you know, mercury, cadmium, lead, arsenic, stuff that, well, I made a lot of calls and I emailed everybody and a couple of these companies got right back to me. Wow. Yeah. Um, they were well aware. Some of them already had it posted on their website. Like, okay, here's what we're doing about it. Yeah, and they have to do something. Christy, here's the thing. Now, all of them say the exact same thing. All of them, no matter how nice they are, when you ask them a yes or no question, you never, ever get a yes or a no. Yeah. It's it, like politics, huh? It's exactly like, it, it's like, what what is it called when you are dealing with the public Public relations. Uh -huh. It's like public relations 101. Never, <laughs> ever. Like if I said to you, Christy, are you comfortable? You'd probably go, yeah, yeah, I'm comfortable. Yeah. But another person would say, you know, what really matters is exactly. the quality of the chair. Exactly. And the size of my behind. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how they're taught to do it, apparently, because I would ask questions like, what is the level of these things in your baby food? And almost every one of them, I got the same exact things. It's in the soil and water and air. We are at the lowest possible levels. Well, what are those levels? We are well below the acceptable level. Wow. Well, can you tell me, do you follow the European standard, which is stricter than ours? Oh, that's an interesting point. Or the American we cannot remove these heavy metals from the soil, Gerber told me. Gerber is, uh, the parent company of Gerber Foods is Nestle, mm -hmm. and they're based in Paris. Oh. This is all very interesting. So I think in Europe, when they make baby food, their baby food is much better than ours here. Wow. Which, how often does that happen with makeup and food? So um, I called Happy Family Organics. They're from Boise. Their parent company is Danon. No, I'm sorry. Nestle is Swiss, I think. Danon is the French one. Okay. Okay. And I talked, this one, we talked for 22 minutes. 22 minutes. And she, it, it was as if she was waiting for me to explode and yell at her, which made me think other people had already done that. Uh, really concerned people. Mm -hmm. And finally, we, it, we got down to this, Christy. It comes down to farm plots, sourcing differently. There are, the reason there are so, so many toxic heavy metals in our soil, even in our organic food, is from 50 years of bad farming. It's when we talked about what Monsanto, after World War II, mm -hmm. what happened with rather than natural fertilizers, we had all these chemicals left over from the bombs we didn't make because the war stopped. So to get rid of them, they made fertilizer. And then the bigger and bigger the agriculture got, and then Monsanto got involved. Now you have soil that can't grow anything unless it's heavily fertilized. Mm -hmm. And I think that must be, no one will tell you. And I've even looked on many articles, but that must be what it is. Even organic food. Oh, yes. Oh, and, it doesn't matter. And, because, it's, and it's baby food, but that it's not just baby food. Oh, no. It's, it's all food. It's all food. And here's the thing. So why aren't we seeing this in other... And why are, yeah. why don't we know about this? Why do we feel good when it's organic, when it's full of toxic metals? And we have no way of knowing. But you see, the organic food, how long has that been going on? That's really gained popularity in the last mm -hmm. 20 years. Yeah. Bad farming has been going on for 50. 
It takes a long time to amend the soil. But rather than take the time, right, mm-hmm. or farm further out, well, they just start growing it, and now we got all these toxic metals. The Which is, it, and these type of chemicals affect children so much more than they because do. Because they're little because, tiny yeah. creatures. Yeah. Exactly. And then I found out something so, so, distur- as disturbing, if not worse. Did you know that all of our rice has arsenic in it? Oh, my gosh. Did you Seriously, did you know that white rice has way more arsenic? No, no, brown rice has way more arsenic than white rice. Really? Yes. Here's, here's why. Arsenic, there's two kinds. It's inorganic and organic. The inorganic is soluble in water. Rice is grown in water. So it sucks it up. Our water is so contaminated planet-wide. The only... They say the only good rice, the best rice you can buy is from the Himalayas, because they're so high up, Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's jasmine or basmati. But don't feed your baby rice cereal, was pretty much the, you know, and if you're living on rice cakes, you're filling yourself up with arsenic. Wow. And I just can't help but think of, because, you know, we're theater people, folks, I just can't help but thinking of the play Arsenic and the Lace, and how that's Mm -hmm. what those old ladies murdered their... Um, gentlemen friends with. That's right. It's a poison. That's right. Yeah. It is a poison and it is everywhere. Oh, well, Edith, thanks for uh, catching us up on that. Um, Just amend your soil, everybody. Yeah. We're going to talk about soil next week. Yeah. And this is even, this made me realize how important it is to amend your soil. I don't care how big or small your garden is. Make it good again. And there's, a, there's lots of ways we'll teach you how to do it. Yes, we will. Okay, good. We are ready for Edith. What is it? It's mailbag. Ring, ring. Oh, God. This letter is called Let the Sewing Begin from Paula from Florence. She says, howdy, deadheaders, which I love that. I love that, too. Thanks so much for the episode on winter sewing and the heads up that it was coming. I started collecting milk and water jugs and soda bottles a bit ago, so I was ready to take on winter sewing this year. After listening to the episode, I realized I needed more drainage holes. So far, I have 18 containers planted of vegetables with plants for another batch with primarily flowers. For veggies, I've planted Brussels sprouts. Wow. I'm so impressed to see how that turns out. Onions, spinach, peas, beans, lettuce, and asparagus. In jugs. Yes. Wow. I'm very excited. She says, thanks for making me laugh. Paula. Go, Paula. And she has a P.S. Yeah. I'm the one who wrote about my sister's year old pumpkin in the fall. I remember that. The white pumpkin. The white pumpkin. The eternal pumpkin that that never rotted. Oh my gosh. Well, she is sad to update that it isn't doing well. It seems that it has started to rot. Oh well, whoever gets two years out of a pumpkin. Yeah, really. So send us pictures of the pumpkin, Paula. We want to follow it. Yeah, we like rotten pumpkin pictures. Why not? <laughs> we don't have much going on. We have not and yet. That's what it's gives still us pandemic, joy. so please send a picture. Give us, you're right, give us some joy. <laughs> and thanks for writing to us. And folks, if you have a favorite gardening story, um, you want to share your successes, your flops, if you have gardening questions. That's why we're here. 
We exist to hear from you. Really. We really do. So come on. This is the kind of community we want to create. Yes, it is. So uh, please write to us at UpsideDownTulips at Gmail or at our website. Or at UpsideDownTulips.com. Very good. There you go. (laughs) Okay. Okay, folks, we really, we've got ourselves together. (laughs) Okay, we do. And now it's time for our inspiration of the week. Our inspiration comes from Mr. Doug Larson, who's a funny guy. He says, setting a good example for your children does nothing but increase their embarrassment. (laughs) That's a good one Mom. Yeah. So anyway, there's no guarding, so I thought I'd get a laugh here at the end. That's good. I think we need to laugh every now and then. He's also the one that wrote the bacon line. I I thought I recognized him. Yep. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Thank you, Doug Larson. Thank you, Edith. And thank you to everybody who's listening this week. We're lo- we love you. We're so grateful for you. We really are. We And I thank Christy, too. I thank Christy for all the work that she does. Isn't she good? She's so much better than she used to be. <laughs> folks i've had a long week okay where are we i know we're if you enjoy upside down tools please rate subscribe and tell a friend or two or 12 yes and a special thanks to denise gentilini for composing and performing the upside down tulips theme song you want to hear more of denise's music who doesn't of course you do go to denisegentilini.com or you can find that link on our website and don't forget if you make a mistake edith weiss The garden will forgive you, Christy Montour Larson. (laughs) Upside down to.